Diamond Eye for the Keen Eye. This is Eric and Aaron, and we are here. We're actually going to record our first ever recovery story, and this is with Cherie. So part of our recovery story is we want to know, you know, that battle that people have fought, the, um, the challenges that people have faced, and the ways they have overcome those challenges and gotten into recovery and stayed into recovery. Um, and so our first uh, person today... Uh, will be Sheree. So Sheree, it's super awesome to have you here. Um, yeah. And I know I've heard a little bit of your story, and it's uh, it's very moving. Can you uh, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, and just a little bit about about your uh, your story and how you've you know come into recovery and all that you've overcome. <laughs> uh, this is Sheree. I was born and raised in Slovakia. I used to be into figure skating and fishing. Um, I when, How old were you when you first started figure skating? Uh, I learned how to skate when I was like four or five. Okay. I can still picture my first pair of skates. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you would fish, would you uh, fish like every summer pretty much? Yeah, I pretty much lived on the river. I was yeah. always by my dad's side, trout fishing, king fishing. That's uh, that's where like my happiest memories were, were in the summer with my dad. Yeah, yeah, it's very, except maybe for the figure skating, very Alaskan, <laughs> very yeah. Soldat and Alaskan. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I know you recently celebrated something pretty big time, right? <laughs> yes. Is that, can you tell me about that? I. I uh, just celebrated one year clean off of all drugs, alcohol, substances of any sort. Wow. The nice. longest in time in 18 years I could have gone was four months straight. 18 years? Out of 18 years, four months was the longest I could get together. Wow. it's incredible. And now mm-hmm. you're at three times that. Yeah. 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 How, how does that... Uh, how was, um, so you said the last 18 years? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about, about kind of the start of that and what that was like, that walk? I remember taking my very first drink to numb pain. The morning, I I was 12 years old. I got a phone call in the morning, said that my brother, who was 25, um, was diagnosed with leukemia and he had six months left to live and I knew about alcohol and I grabbed the bottle and drank to numb the pain. I was, I did pretty well in high school. I was, you know, didn't use or anything until I started. I went to college in Hawaii. I moved there oh, wow. when I was 18. Wow. Swore That's I was... a, kind of a trip. <laughs> Swore I was never going back to Saldana. <laughs> it seems yeah. to be a common thing I hear. We always come back. <laughs> <laughs> what did it for me was I missed one summer where I didn't come home. And uh, I got homesick and I was home the next year. Okay. But, uh... Because you... So you did a year in Hawaii and then you didn't come home for the summer? I did yeah I would come home every summer during college mm-hmm. and there was one summer that I did not come home Okay. and I was home the following year <laughs> yeah 
and this is where I've been. Sure, sure. What were you What were you going to school for? Mm. Early childhood development. Oh wow. Early childhood education, and Hawaiian studies. Wow, oh, nice. That's really cool. Mm. And so you came back, and in college, were you using? So that's where the, my using started sure. heavily. Um, freshman year, it was just drinking, having fun. By my sophomore year, it was like blackout drunk every night, give or take. Sure. <laughs> Puke sure. and rally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. um, let's see. In 2000, 2003... I was 21. I got my first DUI. Okay. That was in Hawaii. And I, at the time, I thought that was my bottom. So I admitted myself to residential treatment sure. in Hawaii. Sure. I was there for five months. Wow. That's a long time. <laughs> it's long term. Yeah. Um, I got kicked out. Okay. I was out. For about a month and a half and I it was not long before I started drinking again went back to the same treatment center for another four months and got kicked out and at that time I was just smoking pot and drinking mm-hmm. and just you know sure and uh, <laughs> and then started drinking again after that um, a couple months later I was introduced to meth, and I fell in love with it. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely fell in love with it and hated it. Yeah. Um, it took me down, took me down quick. Within three months, I was ready to surrender wow. that life. Really? Wow. And that was when I moved back to Alaska. So that was in 2005, and uh, I, um, I knew I needed help again. So, so you moved to Soldatna? Mm-hmm. Okay. Moved back to Soldatna, um, lived with my dad, mm-hmm. and um, I went through the Serenity House program. Mm-hmm. I started out doing outpatient at Sakata, and then I went into residential treatment at Serenity House uh, for 40 days, 28-day program. I was there for 40. <laughs> You didn't get kicked out. I was just going to say, I didn't get kicked out this time. (laughs) Nor did I do anything. Yes. Sure. Anyway. um, Yes, I completed that program. At that point, you were probably thinking, all right, I'm good to go. Or no. Both. I was thinking, thinking, yeah, I can do this. But at the same time, I had all kinds of reservations. Like, I was 21, 22, Mm -hmm. 23. I... I knew I didn't want to live that way anymore, but I also constantly went through my mind was, I'm too young to quit partying. Yeah, and, it's kind of daunting, you know. And then I, the way I looked at it was how, how can I live the rest of my life? Like I have to live yeah, the rest of my life clean. Yeah. And uh, that was too much for me to grasp. Yeah. I get it now, <laughs> but sure. at the time it was too much to grasp. I feel for any 22 year old that's got to be difficult. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, especially you're in that age, you know, where a lot of your peers mm-hmm. and a lot of your friends, you know, that's what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I feel like that's a pretty common battle, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's got to be tough. tough. 
So after that, um, if you wouldn't mind, what led back in the substance again? <laughs> that was always the question when I came back this time. I thought I, I would claim that I did good for eight years. Sure. But yeah. by doing good for eight years just meant getting blackout drunk sometimes and smoking pot all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... I mean, you weren't doing math. Or heroin or yeah. pills or... Yeah. So what made you kind of think, after you said eight years, what what makes you say, like, maybe I'm not doing that good? Oh, or nothing. Did you kind of in the back of your mind <laughs> think this isn't that good, but it'll do? It's kind of the best I can do. Does that is, I... does that thought cross your mind? No. No. I remember. Okay. Oh, I kept thinking I'm too old for this. Shit. Okay. <laughs> My uh, I remember the last uh, bad blackout I had. It was uh, right before I got pregnant with my daughter, about a month before I got pregnant with her, um, and I was hungover for like two days, and it was miserable. And I was like, I'm too old for this. Shit. And then I found out I was pregnant, so. I uh, I quit drinking, uh, but still continued to smoke pot. Mm -hmm. um, and it was my daughter was about nine months old when I was reintroduced to heroin. Sure. I had tried it when I got into meth. I tried it and I didn't like it. It came into my house and I tried it again. I saw how like happy everybody looked when they were on it, so I was like, I want to be happy too. Mm -hmm. So I tried it and fell madly in love with it and it took me it took me it did not take long before i realized this is gonna mess up my life really but i still it was a whole battle of i can't live without this but i can't live with it yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that reminds me of this song lyric i heard a long time ago and he said i don't want what i need but what I need hates me. Mm. Yeah. Yes, that's perfect. That. <laughs> so I used, of course, once I started doing heroin, the mess came back into the picture and the pills came, everything came back into the picture. And at this point I had two kids, um, five and one. Mm -hmm. and, um, that's overwhelming. That was not too bad. Okay. okay. <laughs> And then my my addict thinking told me that, you know, I'm a better mom when I'm high, because I can get more done and I'm more. A little nicer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see now that that's not sure. the case. Yeah. Um, and three, four years later, I got pregnant with my third child. Um, it's two and a half now, and that was when I was ready to quit. Sure. Like just ready to quit, you know. I, um, so I went to my midwife. I went to the doctor. I got prescribed Suboxone, mm -hmm. opiate blocker. It's mm -hmm. Supposed to be opiate blocker. Um, I got on that, and I still continued to use off and on during my pregnancy, mm -hmm. and like that, I had so much guilt and shame. Yeah. Um, when my son was born. He OCS came into the picture, and I knew they were going to because I was prescribed Spoxin, and they, you know, they knew that I had used during my pregnancy on occasion. So they came into the picture. Oh, shortly after baby was born, he um, he showed a few signs of withdrawal from the Spoxin. 
Um, they interviewed me, the dad, and my family members. We passed clean UAs, and that was a closed case. Mm-hmm. Um, must have been nine, less than a year. I was out, oh, and so after my son was born, I did good for like four, five months, staying off anything but pot. Yeah. Um, and then. We got a large amount of money at Christmas time, and it was like, well, let's just try this one more time. Yeah. Let's just do it for the weekend. And off and running again. And then got pregnant again. And with my youngest, I was, as soon as I found out, I I knew I did not want to keep it. I knew I couldn't have another kid. Mm -hmm. And, like, abortion was against everything I believed in. I didn't bother me as other people had it but I knew that was something I couldn't live with myself but I was so like I can't I, I wasn't gonna do it yeah so I was in denial I don't know I kept every time I get high I'm like oh, I gotta quit doing this oh I gotta like you know go take care of this da, 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 da. Um, finally made the appointment to go start that process and I, I think subconsciously or something I was waiting till it was too late Mm-hmm. And so I went to the appointment, and they're like, we're going to do this in Seattle. You can fly out next week. And when that became, like, reality in my head, then I was like, I'm, I'm not doing that. Oh, they did an ultrasound, and I heard a little heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So that's and what, it became very real. Yeah. So that was, I was like four, five months pregnant. And so I kind of feel like I missed half my pregnancy because I was in denial about it, and then... I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. Let's do something about it. Got back on Suboxone. Still, still couldn't stop using. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, I couldn't. And, uh, or, you know. Yeah. Um, husband was in and out of jail for his own drug use. We had, we'd been living in two-bedroom apartments for the last 10 years or so. And family helped us get into this house, put a lot of money down, and we finally had our own home. Own home. Yeah. And it was huge. It was a two-story house. Wow. Four or five bedrooms. It could have easily been turned into a duplex. Sure. And I remember my husband giving me a hug the first night, and he says, welcome home. And I said, I wonder how long it's going to take for us to lose this. And I know. You said that to him? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. 13, 14 months later, we got the foreclosure. Uh, apparently, they don't like it when you make one mortgage payment in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was hard. That was difficult. So when baby was born, uh, November 8th, he was born, 2016. November 9th, OCS came in. And I knew they were going to come in. They decided they were going to take all the kids away. I had family members that were going to take all of them. And after a week with just the older three, they realized they couldn't do it. And my dad, or even just like falling apart. And he was like, you just can't do, have, you know, a newborn on top of a one-year-old, a four-year-old, nine-year-old, eight-year-old. Yeah. And uh, he, my baby, so he was in the hospital for five weeks. On morphine, um, he was withdrawing from the Suboxone. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, that's rough. Mm -hmm. Super rough. Uh, November eighteenth, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, that's when I all became official. Went to court. OCS had custody. I was allowed zero contact. And I remember, oh my God, I remember laying in my hospital bed, crying and crying and cry. I cried for like 18 hours. And the whole time I was like, I'm never going to use it again. I'm never going to use it again. I'm never going to use it again. I'm like, that's just all there is. And uh, so when I, I went home from the hospital, all the kids were gone. And <laughs> it wasn't long before I picked up again. Mm -hmm. So that's the insanity of it. Um, so that was November, November eighteenth, the same day. Um, I went to I went into Serenity House intake office. I grabbed my application. I filled it out. I had it turned in the following Monday. And it's like I, I know these tools from when I you know learned like a long time ago, and uh, I got my application. And I'm leaving the hospital. I'm like, what What am I going to do? I, the kids are my life. I don't know what to do with myself. And um, I was like, okay, I know what I need to do. I know to go. I know that I need to go to a meeting, and I know where the meeting's at, and I know what time. And uh, Narcotics Anonymous meeting. I didn't go out of fear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was about the beginning of February 2017. I I don't know. I just finally like I can't do this anymore. I got to get my kids back. I got to do what it takes, whatever it takes. And uh, so, uh, I was trying to get into Randy House too, and they wouldn't let me into the house or even their outpatient program without being off Suboxone. So I was good. I tried doing a medical, or not a medical, I tried doing like a weaning, mm -hmm. you know, eight milligrams of six, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't working out. And uh, I knew that would take months and I didn't want to wait months. I wanted to get my life back together. So I did a, uh, I did a full blown, just cold turkey, quit. Wow. And that was, the worst withdrawal I had ever had. It lasted for over three weeks. Wow. wow. Over three weeks. I mean, like, you know, withdrawing from heroin is like, you know, a few days and you're done. But yeah, a solid three weeks of just, ugh, all the withdrawal symptoms. All the withdrawal symptoms. It was miserable. Um, then I, I came to conclude that that was, um, something I needed to go through so that I knew what my baby went through when he was in the hospital for five weeks. So I, I got off of that. I got on the Vivitrol shot. Total opiate blocker. Um, that was excellent. The addict in, still, in me still wanted to use. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, alright, so if I got, maybe it'll take like three days to kick in so I can just get high and get one more use in. Uh, it didn't work, yeah. <laughs> but I tried. Yeah. Uh, my so my clean date was February nineteenth, two thousand seventeen. I started going to outpatient at Serenity House. I got into the residential treatment house March twenty fifth. I was there for seven weeks. A lot of intense therapy, group therapies, and they showed me the way back to recovery. It was cool because when I when I got clean in February, it was like there were still people using in my house that mm -hmm. I was living in. I was like, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't, you know. Yeah, that's, and uh, so, yeah. and so I started it's going. I started going to meetings. I, 
I found an old friend on Facebook that I had gotten clean with uh, 13 years ago here. And uh, I, I sent her a message. I'm like, you know, you still do the recovery thing? And she's like, yeah. I was like, can you take me to a meeting? I just need help getting in the door. Mm -hmm. So she came and she picked me up and took me to a meeting. Walking in felt like I was home yeah, again. And it was super inspirational because there was a handful of people that were still clean that were around 13 years ago when I had got clean the last time. And at yeah. this moment, it kind of sounds like you're having that 22-year-old moment again. You know, it's like, wow, it's like the rest of my life still. I mean, whether you're mm. 22 or 33, you know, it's still the rest of your life at this point. Mm. And to see people, you know, when you walk into a meeting and see people who are doing it, who mm -hmm. are like, oh, yeah, 20 years, man, 25 <laughs> years, you know, stuff like this. All the that time that seems so daunting and that would have had to be just super reassuring that, I mean, you could absolutely do this. Like, this is attainable, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So you get into that recovery community and you said something about feeling like you were at home. I felt like I was at home. It seems like, you know, community is this idea of, you know, a group of people that are somewhat there for each other, mm -hmm. not just that share like a same you know physical space but mm -hmm. community to me like has a ring of togetherness I suppose mm -hmm. and I feel like there is like a recovery community absolutely so you get home to your recovery community and what is that like I found hope again sure and when I saw the other people being clean it uh, gave me back faith Mm -hmm. The hope is the biggest one after feeling hopeless mm -hmm. for so long and, you know, getting to that point where you want to die, where I wanted to die. Mm -hmm. The cool thing coming around this time was I knew I was already familiar with the programs, the Narcotics Anonymous, the Alcoholics Anonymous, and I had sort of given it a try. And so I knew, <laughs> I definitely knew what didn't work. Yeah. And what were some of those things? Doing things my own way. Sure. Living with people who were using. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, did you have to kind of make a new friend group or did you have to really emerge, really immerse yourself in the recovery community? I did. Like, yeah. that's what helped me stay clean that first while. Yeah. Um, kind of not having Because I imagine, you know, people get into the recovery community, but there's a part of that, you know, for lack of a better word, maybe that the using community that mm -hmm. also oh, yeah. is pulling on you too, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't really have your foot in both mm -hmm. camps, <laughs> but that's a thing, right? Yep. Uh, right before my baby was born, baby David, right before he was born, I had pretty much cut ties with my using community. Mm -hmm. um, I just had probably one or two friends that I would hang out with, and pretty much I just isolated myself. When I went back to the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, I, I took the suggestions. I was finally desperate enough to do whatever it took to not use. They gave me a list of phone numbers of women in the community. Um, and I, I was so desperate to just stay clean. Like I would call these women. I didn't have a face to a name or no, I would call them and tell them, hey, this is what I'm going through and they would talk me through it and that was super out of my comfort zone right way out of my comfort zone and that was also something i had not done before in my previous tries at staying clean 
Um, there was that, and I threw myself into the the NA community. A um, lot of just being actively involved with putting together events, um, service work. Mm-hmm. So you were you were going to meetings. Mm-hmm. How every day almost? Yeah, it's the the first month I was. I was at three meetings a day. Wow. Because I needed somewhere safe to be. Right. And new people to be with. Um, and there was there was a week or two period where I didn't have my vehicle because there was a tweaker staying in my house that kind of rode off with it and went to jail. Sure. Anyway, in, at that time I had been in recovery for, or back in the rooms for a couple of weeks. And I was so desperate to go to the meetings that I would walk. Wow. Even when it was like zero. Yeah. And windy outside. It was only like. That was in like March, right? Yeah. Wow. That was only, I mean, it was only like a mile and a half. But so I go. It's cold. <laughs> it windy is cold. And, dark and... and uh, I just, while I was walking there, I was thinking, you know, I, I would do anything I had to to get my drugs to get high. Yeah. So I can do anything I want or need to do to stay clean yeah. and that was uh meditated on that a lot while I was walking I think I had heard a, a line something isn't there a line something like that that says like if you put half the effort into your recovery mm-hmm. as you did into hitting your dope man you'd be you'd be the best sober guy <laughs> out there or something yep, yeah yep, yeah for sure so you were you kind of took that on you were like I, yeah. I used to do much harder things than this mm-hmm. that's cold that's dark <laughs> that's yeah. a walk yeah and so you're going to those still every day, and you're building some friend, mm-hmm. some recovery resources. Yes. And you're plugged into that. And are you still doing serenity outpatient or inpatient? So I went, rewind. <clears throat> so my clean date was February 19th, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, went through serenity house seven weeks. I was out for a month. Almost to the day, and I had a relapse. Mm-hmm. Um, right away? Within a month. Okay. And I didn't use the tools that I mm-hmm. had been taught <laughs> that work, and that I knew had been worked. Um, it was a 24-hour slip-up, if you will. It's 24 hours, so you were kind of off, but quickly back on. Yes. Okay. I. Uh, it was like four days later, and I had a good friend... Jennifer Waller, she helped me get back into Serenity House the day that I admitted I had relapsed. I was there that night, and it was very, I don't even know the word, humbling maybe, or something, to go back in the house when I'd been out for only a month. Super grateful for it, though. Um, (laughs) The plan was to only be there for two weeks. I was there for another five. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. dug a lot deeper. Yeah, for sure. Did a lot more healing. Um, so I didn't see I'm Now my new clean date is 6 And um haven't used since then. Congrats. Um, that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still in. Back to your question. I'm still in Serenity House outpatient program. So what that means is I dropped from like 10 groups a week down to four groups a week. And now I'm at one group a week. Okay. And I do art therapy. It's my favorite wow. group. But I found so much healing. I forgot that I used to... Um, I have a long list of used to's. Like, I used to do this. I used to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
yeah, so I tapped back in with my artistic side, I guess, and I found so much healing in that yeah. as well. Um, so I go to one group a week, and then I'm only required to do two one-on-ones with my primary counselor, um, but I still go every week because I know I need it right now. Yeah. I don't go to three meetings a day anymore. Right. <laughs> one of my gifts of recovery has been getting my children back in my life. We're not fully reunited yet under the same roof, but I get to see my kids every day. Yeah. Um, if you guys have heard any banging or any <laughs> any goo-goo gagas, that's because uh, a couple of Shree's children are here today, actually, just over in the other room. And normally we might try and make it so that, you know, like, oh, we need to keep it down. But we know, you know, this is just such a cool thing that she, you know, after hearing this story, just being able to you know, have her children in the other room and mm-hmm. be able to, you know, wake up feeling good and, you know, because mm-hmm. she wakes up, she's not too old to be sober, as she said, she was too old for that, that, that two-day hangover, but <laughs> she was, uh, you know, you know, wake up sober and just to bring her children over and to be able to, you know, have them in the other room, you know, making noise is like part of like almost like a celebration aspect to this, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really cool. And you say that now you see them every day yeah. and you're over a year clean. Mm-hmm. And so tell us about that. I'm sure that that's just incredible. Just getting to see them every day. Like oh, what's man. your? I mean, I'm sure part of that is, um, you know, most much of that is kind of amazing, and much of it is also kind of like, oh my god, <laughs> getting a little yes. stressful. Uh, a little. <laughs> um, for let's see, it was about eight months um, where I was only allowed to have supervised visits with them at OCS because of the way the schedule worked. I got to see my ten-year-old for one hour a week my baby baby for three hours a week and the other two for only two hours a week with someone some strangers sitting there taking notes about me being a mother it was very humbling especially coming from a background in early childhood development and education mm-hmm. <laughs> very humbling um so it was eight months shortly after that one of my most hopeless places I found myself in recovery was when there was a miscommunication with OCS and I didn't get to see my baby for almost two months Wow! and I felt so incredibly hopeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, that was when I was in Serenity House the second time, so they helped me walk through that, but I, like, definitely hopeless. So by September, I was able to get them... <clears throat> unsupervised visits I was worried my baby would not know who I was and that was like a huge fear and uh, it wasn't long like by fall he uh, he'd come to the place where we'd visit and he'd pull in the parking lot and he'd say mama and, he, and he knew who I was it was Aww. super exciting yeah was um, awesome. that was you know it's one of those moments of joy joy right. has been my word of the year like this is pure joy like happy doesn't even describe it right um, so it was one of those joy moments. They slowly bumped my visits up with baby David, um, from four hours a week to 12 hours a week. And now I have him 
40 hours a week. Wow. Nice. Um, and the other... Wow, that's awesome. Unsupervised. Yeah. Nice. Do whatever I want. Yeah. Super cool. Um, you know, and the older three I see every day. Great. I knew, I knew things were going to be happening happening in our, you know, my kid's nice life. And I wanted to be, I wanted to, like, embrace myself, if you will, as much as I can. So when, once they started school, I wanted to be there. Well, first I was trying to just get myself on their schedule and, like, wake up at 6. They're, like, not having the kids around. Didn't have to get out of bed. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I would get up and then I would go to my parents' house and help get them ready for school. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved it. You know, waking up and seeing their sleepy little faces. Mm-hmm. Getting them breakfast and making their lunches and getting... Uh, I missed brushing my daughter's hair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's one of those simple things that a lot yes. of... A lot of people may or may not take for granted, you know, just mm-hmm. the little moments you get to spend with your kids, you know, mm-hmm. and getting them ready for school and just mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of runs me back, you know, to those joy moments you were talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, you know, in the first part of this entire story, we're getting to the part I'm excited about now. Because <laughs> that first part of the story, then there seems like there's so much fear involved. Mm, absolutely. You know, so much fear in your, in your recovery, you're replacing this fear with joy. Mm-hmm. With all these nice, joyous moments, and mm-hmm. that, so in the middle of your recovery, is that kind of what keeps you going? Like, is that what makes it so exciting to keep, you know, keep everything happening? Definitely, definitely. Um, my, yeah, my biggest moments of joy come from just all the little things with you know the kids. Like, it, um, like I got to give my baby. He's twenty months now. And I got to, it was the first time I got to give him a bath. Mm. And it was, uh, it was, you know, it's just so, such a simple, <laughs> like maybe silly thing, but it was just so, it touched my heart. And there's so many firsts that we're getting to do now. We had our, my first Mother's Day with him and my first birthday with him. Uh, uh, you know, just so many firsts. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, the midst of all these joyous moments, you know, and we're talking about this transition from fear to joy. What's like? What are the joys, or what are the emotions that keep you from saying, "Oh, just one more time again," mm-hmm. going back to that place that's that's been so hard so many times? Yeah, that mm-hmm. that like, oh, just for the weekend, or oh, you know, we can just one more weekend. Mm-hmm. What kind of keeps that? Like what Aaron said, kind of keeps that from being a a reality. Mm. Does that thought ever cross anymore? I mean, a little bit, just for a day? Definitely. Okay. It definitely still comes, and I expect it to come. Yeah. For the rest of my life, whether, you know, wherever I'm at. I thank God, like, the obsession to use has been, it's gone. Um, but that doesn't mean that this thought doesn't still cross my mind. You know, I get super stressed out, or I'm, like, hit, like, a super depressive funk for a couple of days or whatever it's like I could just do this I could just get high I could just get drunk nobody you know um uh I play the tape through if you will I know that I can't have one because I, 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 I can't I'm an addict I want more mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think about you know I use it once okay this is gonna I'm gonna end up using you know just the weekend turns into a week turns into and God only knows where I'll be, you know, because mm-hmm. I've done this before. And um, I 
I find I heard when I first came into the rooms of Narconics Anonymous, I heard people talk about the gift of desperation. And I think that's what I was given. Um, when I lost my babies, like that was my, like I'd never want to feel that again. And so when I have the thought of getting high, like that's what I think of. Um, well, I think of two things. <laughs> I think of my withdrawal from my Suboxone. Never want to go through that again. And I don't ever want to be without my kids again. Um, so it's kind of, I, I know, I understand now that I can't. I mean, I can, but <laughs> right. I I don't want to. Yeah. Um, and it's cool. I just like so I just had a birthday, like a belly button birthday, um, and we went camping. So this was my second birthday in a row sober, clean. And the cool thing I noticed this time was like a week later, I was like, dude, I didn't even think this time sitting around the campfire. Oh man. You know what would be good with this is beer. Like, mm-hmm. finally, didn't even cross my mind. Wow, um, that's kind of freeing. Oh yeah, totally. it was definitely yeah. It's like I'm not a slave to my addiction anymore. Because that's exactly what it is. So today, you know, what does like, what does your days look like now? <laughs> you know, how do you how do you stay? Um, how do you stay? <clears throat> you know, you talked about getting into recovery. Mm-hmm kind of getting to a place of being in it for some time and now you're a year but it's not over right no, mean, no. what is what is what do your days look like now to kind of <laughs> stay involved in especially in the soldatna kenai mm-hmm. you know kasilov in the kiski you know peninsula area what does your recovery look like there so do you still go to meetings do you still there we go yeah um so you know i have kids in my life seven days a week which is awesome super okay so it's super awesome but it's super stressful well just um so for me it was coming up with a balance between you know the kids need my time and then they also need individual time but i also need my recovery and which includes going to meetings and going to groups and going to counseling and going getting some rest and Yes, yeah, okay. You know, taking care of you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a lot to balance. So, yeah, you know, it's a trial and error, I guess, of what works. But I got, well, for now, kind of got basic routine down, um, which will change soon because, yeah, it always changes. <laughs> um, I, I try to go, my goal is to go to at least three meetings a week. Um, I usually go three meetings a week. I have a sponsor that I'm working with um, on our 12 steps. I stay in, okay, I try <laughs> to stay in daily contact with her. Mm-hmm. Still working on building up trust, not just in general mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. you know, people. Yeah. Um, so it was a hard, it took me a while to get to that point where I was ready to trust, but, um, I call her every day. I uh, something awesome I've learned um, too was like learning how to pray and meditate. Like when I was using, I was definitely like spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helped. Um, through Serenity House, like it's not just out. It's not just like an in-house program. They have their outpatient program too, and then. That is where I've got most of my resources. That was where I got a lot of resources. And there's so, there's more out there than I ever knew of. I'm working 
with Kanaiti. Um, they have a uh, family services program, working with Loving. What is What are some of the things that you do with uh, Kanaiti? I meet with a lady there once a week, um, and it that was a big turning point in my recovery too because it is short program is designed for women of domestic violence mm -hmm. and it took me a while to come out of denial mm -hmm. that I lived that way yeah. you know and not just one sided it was both ways sure. uh, so anyway I work with her through that she she helps me where I can she points me in directions of other resources she they've been able to help out with gas cards they um, or have some grant money they're looking at helping me out with some housing wow. uh, coming up soon and then with Love Inc Love Inc they are they're amazing um they can, they can help with anything. Sure. <laughs> they can help with anything. Yeah, like, we what can't there, they help with? We were just there last week, and it was like, whoa, mm -hmm. you kind of got it all. <laughs> yeah. They definitely, they, um, they're going to help with my housing deposit. Once I get that all squared away, um, they can help with gas cards. They can just, you know, you can give them a list of needs, and they yeah. can help you where they can, and they're um, super willing they're like excited to help me. That's what they said. Is they're looking forward to helping me. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's comforting. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you have a pretty full, energetic, <laughs> a lot to do day, but full of just like kind of those, at times maybe complex, but also a lot of really simple kind of life-giving pleasures. Um, it sounds like, because you had said now, like all these, what it reminded me of, you had talked about kind of these uh, these things in life that are more simple, but that are bringing you a lot of a lot of joy. And it seems like you're just really getting to live life again. One of the things that Jen, when I was at Freedom House, she had talked about was kind of that she said this thing that was I, that kind of stuck with me. She said, addiction doesn't give anything. Like it doesn't, mm. it just like, it, I mean, it will numb things mm -hmm. and that can kind of bring some kind of like short-term benefits mm -hmm. but in the process of kind of numbing you also kind of numb all these other areas of life to the point where you, mm -hmm. you're kind of just not really participating much in life mm -hmm. at that point or you don't really have the capacity to do so and now it seems like you are just like fully immersed in life mm -hmm. again that's uh that's cool that you said that it's like this morning driving uh i was thinking um Someone asked me, um, you know, what is one one of the benefits from recovery? And um, m my first response was, um, I get to live today. Like, I'm not, or, like, I'm living. I'm not just going through the motions. And, like, I'm living, like, alive. Like, I'm alive <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah. you know? Not spiritually, mentally, emotionally dead. So... Thank you so much for sharing your story, you know, of 18 years of, you know, really facing a lot of challenges and eventually uh, through a lot of heartbreak and despair and fear. And then, you know, a really a turning point and then some resources and some really 
some hope you have found again you went from as you said somewhat dead for a long time in in ways to now like fully alive and it's mm-hmm. just so cool to hear that story of restoration and it's so cool to hear all of the great things that are still happening in your life and that you're being able to look forward to um and we thank you so much for being our very first recovery <laughs> yeah. story yeah Aww. very first one oh, wow. um, yeah, thank you and so this is uh, unless you guys have some last words um oh no yeah Sheree, thank you very much for coming down i mean it was it was good yeah i think we did well today <laughs> yeah a very uh, very nice story about you know turning all that fear into joy and really you know really just fully experiencing life again it was really nice to hear mm-hmm. yeah that just reminded me um something about eric was saying earlier too because um, there's huge um you know fear of fear of the things that happened in the past and fear of the future and something i've <laughs> heard many times um, is if you've got one foot in the past and one foot in the future, then you're just pissing all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or there's other versions too, but right. there's, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Life is good today. Thank you. Even on the Thank rough you. days.